Be inspired to love life, to achieve extraordinary feats and to change the world around you for the better. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott. Melissa Histon is a woman on a mission to give women a voice. Breast cancer and a trip to Nepal led Mel to creating the Sister Code events and a community of wonderful women that support and empower other women. Breast cancer and a trip to Nepal led to Mel creating the Sister Code events and a community of wonderful women that have supported and empowered other women since May 2014. In January 2016, Melissa founded charity Got Your Back Sister, which empowers women to thrive after leaving domestic violence. Melissa was named Newcastle Woman of the Year and was a finalist in the Newcastle University Alumni Awards during 2017. In a further bid to lift women and give them a voice, Mel launched Hey Soul Sister podcast, which has had tens of thousands of downloads in September 2019. Whether it's building a house for the homeless in Nepal, interviewing inspiring women from around the globe or creating domestic violence community campaigns, Mel knows that true change can only happen when we all stand together and boost each other. This is Mel's first story. Welcome Mel, the founder of Got Your Back Sister. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story. And we're here today to tell Mel's story. And Mel's going to tell us what she's here to talk about today. I'm so excited to have you, Mel. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for, for having me, Kathleen. It's interesting. I'm usually on the other side of the podcast yeah. desk talking to other people about their stories and their life learning. So it's very interesting to be on this side talking about myself. Well, it's mm. great to have you here as a guest. So what is your story? What are you telling us today? My story begins... With my childhood, I guess. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So interesting hearing people's stories about what they were like as children and what life was like for them as children because we it's interesting, we have quite preconceived ideas of other people sometimes. And when I reflect back on my childhood when I was younger, do you know what? Most of my younger years, I was a really quite a highly anxious sort of child. I was highly anxious. I used to vomit a lot from nerves. You know, I'd vomit before swimming lessons. I'd vomit before, yeah, before I was uh, being initiated into the brownies. I spent the afternoon vomiting in the backyard. I was so nervous about doing that. Actually, I remember I used to, when I was in year two, I used to get up in the morning, six o'clock in the morning and vomit. And to the point my mom took me to a pediatrician to find out yeah. what I was, why I was vomiting. And it was nerves. I was, was just really high, yeah, highly anxious. And it's funny, I've never actually stopped to reflect on why I was so anxious. And did you ever find out what that anxiety was about? No, I haven't really delved into that. I remember when I was vomiting in the morning at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, do you know what? I, I guess I would just probably, I was a bit overwhelmed by what the day might look like. Did you have high expectations of yourself at that time? I was definitely a good girl. Okay. I was definitely a good girl in that I did really well at school. So yeah. I was always, and I was really aware of that from a young age. Like I remember being in kindergarten and being in like an extension group within kindergarten. Yeah. Um, so I was always really aware that I did well yeah. academically, even yet, yeah, even being a five-year-old. And each year in Canberra, I, was, I grew up in Canberra, each year when we would go into a new year I was always in a composite class but always with the kids that were older than me so I was always 
kind of very aware that I and I'd always be put in advanced scripts. So right from a young age, I became very aware of being a good girl and being a high achiever. And I guess, you know, what, when you're a good girl, it makes everybody happy, it makes the teachers happy, it makes your parents happy. And, and, and that was really important to you to make other people happy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess that probably followed me right through even to my teenage years. And although it was a bit rebellious. <laughs> Pleased to hear that. I was a bit rebellious. But um, yeah, I, that I, and I guess, you know, they say that people do what works for them. So that worked for me. And it also sounds like you had from that very young age, a sense of what was right and what was wrong from then and so that was also driving that anxiety I guess so and you know what my parents um were very fair parents but you know we got in trouble if we did things um you know my parents deemed bad or naughty like we got in trouble we got punished like I remember being three or four and I, I bit the girl across the road <laughs> on the arm and you know getting grounded for the weekend as a little girl there was always you know you got in trouble you did something that they deemed naughty and you got in trouble in saying that it was never anything too bad it was like okay spend the day in your room okay yeah but so I and guess so what year are we talking about here that you grew up in in Canberra um I grew up in Canberra until I was in year five and then we moved to Newcastle okay yeah and so this is what era the 80s yes it was the 80s the 80s (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely have you got a story to tell we'd love to hear it connect with love your life tell your story now on Facebook and Instagram yeah, and that was really interesting coming – it was one of the hardest things in my life I was actually moving from Canberra to Newcastle and starting a new school in Year 5. I found that really difficult. A big adjustment for a, a really little big, girl. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, I was so nervous, you know, about having to make new friends and and, and establish myself in a new town, a new city, a new way of life. And so you sound – even though you were anxious and you said you were vomiting, it sounds like you still went ahead and did those extra extra activities, swimming, you said, and you were in the brownies. And so that vomiting and that anxiety didn't stop you from doing those things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, when I think about the swimming lessons, the vomiting before swimming lessons, you know, I remember sitting in the car with my dad and, you know, and dad was sympathetic. He was like, oh, you know, are you okay? He was, he was very kind, but he was also like, okay, you've got to go in and do your lessons. So it was like, come on, pull yourself together. Stop stop vomiting. You've got to go in and do your lessons. And I also knew, it's interesting, isn't it? I also knew that I had to learn to swim. So it didn't stop you and it mm. didn't make you say, I'm not going. Yeah. So the anxiety was there and the physical reaction to the anxiety Yes. And yet it didn't make you say, I'm not doing it, nor did your father say you didn't have to do it. Absolutely. And it's funny, I've never, again, gosh, I'm having a therapy session in the podcast studio. <laughs> I've got, I've never really reflected on it, but I go, I've probably been like that all my life in that, you know, you come up against things all the time I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I, or things that I'm fearful about or things that um, I've never done before. And I pretty much always push through, always push through. And even though I know it's going to be hard and I feel incredibly anxious about that. And it's funny, I remember when I was 23, 24, and I was living over in Broome in WA 
and I got asked to speak to a local women's business group in Broome. I was I had finished my university degree off at yeah. the University of Notre Dame and I'd finished it at the Broome campus. And so they wanted somebody to come and speak to their women's business group about, you know, what that was like coming to Broome, finishing a degree and, and starting working. I worked for the local newspaper there. And I remember they asked me if I would come and do that. And I didn't want to do it and I felt incredibly nervous about it and I said yes anyway and it was funny because I had this real sense in within me that one day I may have to speak in public in a bigger way and if I just did this spoke to this small group of business women if I just did this then that's something that I could always go you did that you did it once you can do it again so that was literally my thought process. You might hate doing this, but one day you might have to speak in public. So if you do it now, that's something you can go, you did that once, you can do it again. So you were doing your own exposure therapy at that time and not knowing that that's what you were doing, but yet you were you did know that's what you were doing. I didn't know it was called exposure therapy, but that sounds <laughs> kind of cool. It's got a name. It's got a name. <laughs> it does have a name. Yeah. So that's so awesome, Mel. And so can you tell me and tell us – Exactly when did the vomiting stop that you started to thrive and started to do these things when the anxiety started to take take less control and you started to take control as a child? Well, I will say they medicated me. Oh, yeah. okay. When I went to the paediatrician, he medicated me. So your parents sought help for you? Yes. Although in saying that, years later I said to mum, what were those tablets I had to take? to stop the vomiting and she said they were sleeping tablets so you'd sleep the night through and you wouldn't wake up and vomit. Uh-huh. Which I was like, oh, there you go. I just thought they were magic non-vomiting pills. Right. But she said, no, they were sleeping pills so I wouldn't wake up early and vomit. So it was more about sleep and looking. So your parents recognised that you needed some assistance. Yeah. And so it was they were a team for you and yeah. they got a team help. And I will say that my dad was really great in that he was always incredibly encouraging and he was great if there were things that I was nervous about that he could generally talk me through. Like I remember I started playing softball and I sucked at it. I <laughs> totally sucked at softball. But my dad would take me out the back and he'd practice throwing the ball with me and he'd talk me through. He'd be like, and I'd be like, Dad, I really suck. I can't hit the ball. And he goes, it's okay. You're just going through a slump. You just got to keep going. It's okay. Everybody has a slump from time to time. So he was probably very encouraging in that way. So if I fell down, he'd be like, that's okay. You know what? Everybody has these moments. You just got to keep on going. So I'd, I certainly would say that, 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 that when I reflect back now, I go, yeah, that really helped. So this sounds really beautiful. So here's, here's your parents being on Team Mel and they're recognising that it was more than anxiety. There was more stuff going on. And so they're behind you and you're not giving up. So this grit is starting to build now and you're, you're starting to gather momentum in becoming you by the sound of it well again I'd never thought about it like that but (laughs) I never I haven't reflected on that but um I guess I guess so but okay it's probably you don't really see grit until you come up against those challenges Mm -hmm. it's coming up against those things that you don't want to do and there's been many a thing that I don't want to do but then pushing through yeah, and interestingly, I'm going to say this, which is a negative, but um, I, I went through a divorce when I was 28, 29, 
And I go, that was interesting because that's one of the second hardest things I've ever had to do yeah. was go through a marriage breakdown. But I'm, I kind of, I remember saying to myself, okay, this is not going to work. This is never going to get any better. You either get out now or you stay in this, you stay in this situation and for another 10 or 20 years. And even though it's going to be really hard, it's going to be better for you to get out now. And another one that would have been really difficult to face, yet you faced it with the same grit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very hard. And, and it was very hard, but it's interesting because now I guess through Got You Back Sister, I see lots of women and they struggle to get out of abusive yeah relationships and sometimes they 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 go back for whatever reason that is whatever that reason that is because it is very hard to leave but I and and I I know it sounds a bit I don't know if that necessarily sounds that positive but I I have often gone I'm glad that I did that when I did yeah and even though it was the one of the hardest things I've ever done and that that seems to be something that you're telling us that you keep facing the hard stuff, even when you're vomiting, even when you're you suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> you keep going, and you don't have to be good at it. But something that you're also telling us is that as long as somebody's clapping and encouraging you, and is that who you are, the person that encourages people, even when things aren't going great? I would say. Definitely at sometimes with certain people, I guess. And I only say that because you can't be everything to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I That's one thing that I've learned is how important that is for me. Yeah. You know, I go, I'm so grateful to have people in my life who have supported me and cheered me on. But I go, I also know that's why it's so important to do that for other people. You know, and again, coming back to Got Your Back Sister, you know, that's one of the most important things that we do is yeah. supporting women yeah. who are going through the hardest time of their life and being there to cheer them on. And, you know, I look at, we now have, um, now that we've grown, we have um, some caseworkers now and I listen and I hear them and how wonderful they are in cheering on the women that we help. Yeah. And so I guess you're right. It's like, we all need cheerleaders. We all need someone to be there clapping us along and um, patting us on the back and going, it's okay, even if you're doubting yourself, to go, it's okay, you can do this and actually I'm here, I've got your back if you need help. Yeah. Yeah. Are you from a company that wants to connect with thought leaders from across the globe featured on the Love Your Life, Tell Your Story podcast? Email kathleen at kathleenmarriott.com.au If you could go back to your seven-year-old self and say, you know, about that anxiety. What what would you say to her now? What would you say? I do that sometimes. You do? I do that. Sometimes if I'm doing a meditation yeah. or if I have a quiet, soulful moment, I will sit back and think about my younger self and I get really teary Yeah. and I want to give her a hug yeah. because I want to go to her. Do you know what? It's okay. You're going to be okay and you're going to get through all of this and, and all those things that seem like such a big thing in the moment yeah. because that's what it was. It was like being overwhelmed, yeah. like daily things I found really overwhelming and I would really worry that I something bad was going to happen. So I go, I, I do that every now and then. I sit down and think about my younger self and I want to give her a hug and I get a bit teary going, you know what, it's okay. Yeah. Life's okay, life's good and you're going to have a great life. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And yeah, it's all going to be okay. So that, I see that essence of her is still here in this room now and sharing her vulnerable self. She was vulnerable then and she's still vulnerable now here with us now. And yet here you are doing the amazing things that you do still. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I well and and I guess um I I will say that I still I still struggle with the anxiety. Mm. Yeah. So it doesn't go and yet it doesn't stop you doing what you do. Yeah, but it's having that sense of going, it's almost like, do you know what? I can see the benefit or the positive outcome of doing that. So even though I'm really struggling (laughs) with the anxiety to, to do it or to get there, it's like I can see the importance of doing it. And also it's like going, I don't want the anxiety to win. Yeah. I don't want that to win. So, and the beautiful thing is, um, you know, the joy of life and the joy of self-development and learning is actually learning tools and techniques to deal with that. So, you know, discovering meditation has been really, really great. So now I can kind of, like yesterday morning I woke up and I had the, I woke up with the pang of anxiety and I went and sat upstairs, closed my eyes just for five minutes and did some deep breathing and tried to connect into, I actually think about, I know it's really woo-woo, but I think about, you know, um, my loved ones on the other side, who might be my spirit guides are looking out for me. And I, I kind of think about how they would be rooting for me. So I kind of sit there and have, do the breathing, have the, the positive thoughts. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm good to go. So having that positive mindset, having this feeling that people are backing you and having that still that encouragement going on. So they're all the tools for you to keep going. Well, thank you very much, Mel. And thank you for your vulnerability. It's just so beautiful to see it. And thank you. I think everyone will be really inspired by what you've shared with us today. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Mel (laughs) Houston, get your back, sister. Thank you very much. This is only part of our story. To hear the rest, leap forward to the next podcast and give us five stars wherever you listen. Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott. Want to keep the conversation going and connect with like-minded, positive people changing our world for the better? Be inspired by fellow changemakers and join our closed Facebook community to keep the conversation going. Search Love Your Life, Tell Your Story now.